I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. One of my newer friends is Ben Kasica, and Ben and his wife, Caitlin, uh, are here in Los Angeles, but we met them actually when they were first thinking about moving here, and I ended up going out to, I think, lunch with them at this great coffee shop in Pasadena, and Ben shared just his heart for the entertainment industry. He came out of the band Skillet, which he had auditioned for when he was 16 years old and toured with them for, I think, over 10 years. Yeah, I mean, those guys sold, you know, well above 10 million albums and have won Grammy nominations and and Dove Awards and those kinds of things. They've been around for a while. Ben transitioned from his band into Skies Fall Media Group, which is just such an incredible conglomeration of ideas. He's doing film and television production, marketing, and also music production. Him and his wife are partnering on it. And we've actually been able to work on a little mini project with them on the side. That's just, they're so excellent what they do, but I love the God story because interwoven in everything that's going on in Ben's life is the narrative of how God has taken him on the journey. And so he's had this incredible success and he's also helped other people succeed in fabulous, amazing ways, including our church. We had uh, an album for our Expression 58 music group and Ben and his company got behind it and the, the whole album just billboarded in the worship charts, which was crazy for such a small church. But the excellence that he put behind it, along with our worship community, just helped to something to happen that's never happened for us before. And I've seen him do that over and over for so many people. And so I wanted him to be on the show because there's something when you hear from people who do things in an excellent way, but they have the God narrative behind it that helps you to go, oh, I see. I see how to do that. I see how to make those choices. And so I'm going to ask Ben some really hopefully provoking questions that you're going to enjoy And I just want to remind you, if you guys are enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and rate and review it. If you could press on whatever you think it deserves, that would really help people see and hear about the podcast and get to know it. We've had millions of downloads. I think we're over 6 million now as of the airing of this, which means people care about this conversation. And we want to get into as many households as possible. Thanks for listening. Let's go on the journey with Ben. Hey, Exploring the Prophetic Family. We have an incredible new resource for you. My new book, Provision, Prophecies, Prayers, and Declarations is out now. I wrote this book so that you would have a very specific tool to help you use words to define your own history and future with God. Throughout human history, we've seen prayer and the prophetic and declarations shape society, set culture, provide heritage, and bring vision for the future. And when you combine prayers, declarations, and prophecies like you encounter in this book, you become even more intentional about the power of words. Prophecies, prayers, and declarations are instrumental for us to enter our promised land. This book, Provision, Prophecies, Prayers, and Declarations, will cover topics in finances, resources, family, influence, favor, business, and more. Through this book, I'm inviting you on the journey of learning how to use words to speak in the very fabric of your life, the spiritual realm, and the world around you. I pray that you'll find yourself using and reusing this book as you hear God speak to your heart. You can get our book anywhere books are sold, but if you get it at bullsministries.com and you pre-order it or post-order it, you're going to get a very exclusive teaching series. So I want to encourage you to get it there. Hello, my Exploring the Prophetic family. We have on a friend of mine who I'm very excited to interview, Ben Kasica. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, thanks, Sean, for having me. I'm so glad you're on today because your story is phenomenal and fun. And many Christians have watched it from afar who know the band Skillet, which you were a part of. 
And but you've reinvented yourself many times since then, and your current iteration is so fun. Who you are and who your wife Caitlin is, we're just so enjoy you as people. And so I'm glad you could take a minute because I know you're busy to be on the podcast. No, yeah, it's, it's a pleasure to be on here for sure. So yeah, excited to dive in. Yeah, it's funny because I think I grew up around like I wasn't like a big skillet, like that wasn't my genre of music mm-hmm. listening to. And you'll, I be forgive, you'll be forgiven for that, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> a little too hardcore for me, but but I knew who you guys were, and there were some songs, you know, that obviously yeah. I heard and were, were touched by. And it's just so funny because when you grow up in the church and you grow up in Christendom and there's concerts and stuff to go to and whatever. And we used to host a lot of conf- concerts in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And uh, so just like being around and just seeing you from afar, it's so funny because like Skillet has had such an imprint on the Christian music industry mm-hmm. and then they have had some crossover. And uh, it was just fun to watch from afar the career of the, you know this band who took off and is still doing great. Mm-hmm. Um, even without our friend Ben. <laughs> I know. I don't know how they go on, but yeah, it's amazing. Know. It's amazing yeah, this year. Here's, right? here's what I love about it. And we'll go into the story of it, but you were like only 16 when you joined. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I joined at 16, which is crazy when I meet 16 year olds now. I'm like, what were they thinking? Like, I don't know if that I would have done that, but yeah, I was just a, a kid from St. Louis that loved Jesus. And my dream at that point was uh, to be in a, a worship band or to go to get a degree in music because that's what you do. And and teach at a worship school and maybe someday there'd be something like at that point like delirious was like the cool worship band, you know? and i was like, 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 like edgy or delirious yeah that would be it you know and um and then yeah i had the opportunity it was kind of a friend of a friend this uh, girl that we led worship with in st louis and she's like skillets look needing a guitar player and and i there was something in me that just knew i'm like god's in this because they were my favorite band actually they started started when i was 12 i used to go to the shows and in the little mosh pits and all the things and loved how radical um john was about the gospel he was you know a lot of people were like every eye closed you know raise your hand and he was like every eyes open everyone's looking around are you going to take a stand for jesus you know and i was like okay that's that's what i want to be a part of you know so it's amazing to see how it progressed and turned into what it did and to see the impact that it had over the years I just think how cute is it that like, I just think of my little girls who are five and seven, if they were 12 years old going to a concert and then just a couple of years later ended up touring, like how many tour stops did you have a year? Um, well, at that time it was pretty crazy. So I remember I went and tried out for the band. It was, happened so quickly. I, and I remember practicing the guitar at one point and feeling like the Lord spoke to me, like, you're going to, you're going to be in a band with John, the singer, which, you know, it's kind of a weird especially if it's like your favorite band, it's like, okay, is that God? Or is that totally. you know, like, you're like, I'm going to join Coldplay. Like, I'm going to be on, yeah. Totally. Be next Kobe. But there was something about it. And then sure enough, like went and tried out. And two weeks later, literally I was on tour and we did, my first tour was I think like 25, 26 shows in 28 wow. days. You were just a kid. Just a kid, van and trailer, you know, very, I mean, we were a pretty small band at that time. And so we were driving ourselves overnight and all, all the things that you do and, and then things, you know, grew from there, which was just incredible to see. Well, one of the things I'll comment on before we go back into the early days story is like mm-hmm. right now, I love how it led from, you know, being a part of this band where God showed you and you had this incredible career there. And then you, you know, now you're working in the entertainment industry with your mm-hmm. wife. You guys are working on feature films and projects and some are have faith-based films, but most of them aren't. Mm-hmm. And I just love the transition of like, you took the God of, you know, your childhood who was so real to you and you mm-hmm. actually transitioned that into a place that could really impact culture. And I just, I love that because that's part of the current conversation we like to have on Exploring the Prophetic 
mm-hmm. is how are we seeing hearing from God and how is that changing the world around us? Mm-hmm. And you guys definitely went from like Christendom and Christian band to like really, you know, and I, which is awesome. I mean, I think we need mm-hmm. Christian band, but, but in the context of like this conversation, I love where you're at now mm-hmm. and how you've made these transitions through the years. But part of this was there was a point where you felt to leave the band Mm-hmm. and start a studio and you were thinking it was going to be more music and recording like tell us about that journey because it's a big deal to leave like what were, what was kind of that season like when you were leaving and yeah. starting something new and and then we know that that transition based on the hints i just gave into more feature film and film and television yeah for sure well i'll even rewind a little bit before that so i mean grew up in a very christian home my parents are i kind of like the radical very prophetic people that I'd have friends come over and like, Hey, let's, you know, I'm going to get ready. Like we're going to go to the mall or a movie and, you know, I go get ready and they, my parents are hanging out with them. They're praying over them. They're crying. Somebody gets healed. <laughs> we so had I, the same childhood. That was the same childhood as me. Yeah. I'm like, I just want to live a normal life. You know, I just want to be normal. I've never had the normal life, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, one of the things my parents really ingrained in me, they, they play uh, classical music. So my dad was in the St. Louis symphony and just, went to Juilliard, like very phenomenal, phenomenal uh, musicians and learned that the what impact and what platform entertainment in the arts could have um, from a very young age, that along with kind of moving in the prophetic, moving in um, just the anointing, like knowing God's anointing, either in leading people in worship or just whatever God's put in your hand. And so knew from a pretty young age that I wanted to be a part of that in some capacity. Early on, my the journey was music, and I was like, okay, this is what I want to do and be. And but I always knew there was other things a part of that. And so, joined the band. You know, did, was in the band for ten years, ten and a half years. And long time. A, a couple of years into it, I had this dream actually um, that I it was like I was at a cafe and I saw there was a TV and the band was on the TV and I wasn't in the band. And and there was something in me that was like, I'm so happy for them that you know. And so pretty early on, I knew that while. Um, being in the band was a big part of my story that it was very much a stepping stone and that God was preparing me for something else. And, you know, fast forward a few years, honestly, I, I loved music or I liked music, but I really loved seeing creating things and being a part of creating things that impacted people. So in the band, you know, we, we'd get messages and MySpace messages. If you remember MySpace um, totally. from people that would say like, you know, never heard of you guys, you know, I'm not a Christian or I wasn't a Christian and I've struggled with cutting depression and, I was literally going to go commit suicide and your song popped on the radio. And for the first time in my life, I knew that God loved me or I knew that my life had purpose. And, and so when you, well, let me, let me pause there. Cause I think yeah. you guys were one of the only bands. If there was, there was 10, 10 bands maybe that had that kind of feedback and response mm. at that time, if that, you know, and, and there was these deep conversations that were meaningful that young people and youth were going through and they had nowhere to express it, especially when it came to God or Christianity, because everything was so locked down. We didn't talk about those things. Mm-hmm. And, so, you know, people would come to your concert and they would have an encounter with God, but they didn't know, even always know what it was, or they'd listen to your music. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, you know, the people, kids who were going through, like, how do I express anger? How to express self-hate? How to express these kinds of things? They found an expression and they mm-hmm. followed you guys, not just as fans, but because because you guys gave them language of freedom, mm-hmm. and you watch like like the groupies, the skillet groupies, and I don't mean real groupies because that's a mm-hmm. terrible term, but you watch the people who were fa- uber fans, and they were people who they got their victory or freedom or expression through your music, and and no one else was doing quite like that or trying to mm-hmm. hit that crowd, and then when it went kind of more mainstream, and when you guys went like kind of crossover to full Christian, you know whatever, mm-hmm. it felt like you still had that fan base, but then you had regular people who were also finding the same expression. And I remember I had a friend 
who she was going through something with her um, son at the time. And she was in her, I was young. I was in my twenties as a youth leader. And um, maybe I was in my thirties. I don't know. It was somewhere around there, but she was going through some of their son and you guys became her, his favorite band. Wow. And, he find, and he couldn't connect to anything in Christianity at all. And then he found Skillet. Hmm. And so I just think like, it changed his world. It changed his voice. It changed the way he related to himself. So I'm sure you guys had that feedback over and over and over. So it must've been really interesting to be a part of something that opened up conversations for people. That wasn't just art or creativity and wasn't just worship, but actually created a place, a safe space for people to actually vent and talk to God and talk to each other. I just wanted to say that in the midst of everything else we're saying, because I feel like it's, it's a unique thing for our listeners who don't know your background or what kind of music it is. Yeah, no, that's really helpful. And I think, you know, looking back, I think we began having a relevant conversation, which at the time, I mean, this was 2003, 2002, you know, people in the church weren't talking about cutting and depression no. and things like that. It was kind of like, if you, if there was a struggle there, you kept that hidden. And so to have a song, we had a song called The Last Night that when it went to radio, and it, you know, it was number one on CHR, which is Christian radio. And, and um, that was pretty revolutionary because it was a pretty heavy song as well, both you know, sonically and thematically. And, um, and so I think that began some to, I think people started to relate to it because it was relevant to where they were actually at both in the church and out of the church. Um, and then I think we became known as a band that would talk about what's actually, what's actually going on in society. And I think that really is where we, like, those are the things that I saw in music that I said, I want to do that in other media. I want to do that in film and TV and the same, the same impact that we saw of people, maybe encountering God um, in, in a song, I'm like, this could very easily, you know, be translated into the film and TV business. And, and so we started Sky's Fall, you know, I started it while I was in the band with another friend of mine, and always knew that at some point, this was going to be the thing that like, I go and build and is my baby, you know, because John, John, the singer from Skillet, Skillet was very much his thing. And we sure. all collaborated, and we were all a band, but I knew that God had put something in me for the future. And so built it on the side for a long time and it kind of took off. And, you know, we, like you said, we started doing music and a record label, but always intended it for, for it to be a media group. And it's, you know, we would get together every week and seek God and be like, pray for the company and God, what are you saying? And um, there was one week in particular where we were praying and we felt very led to get into video. And at that time, again, we were just music recording and stuff like that. And, and so we bought a couple of video cameras and began, you know, experimenting with that. And that week we literally got two or three phone calls from people like, Hey, I heard <laughs> video unannounced, you know, and, and one of them was like, we're professional we can do yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, one of them was an apparel company. That's near, nearly billion dollar apparel company that, um, wow. and they were like, Hey, we heard you do video. And this lady from our church worked there and, gave us the name. And so we did one project for them and we were just blown. We were like, this is so God, you know? And, and so then they enjoyed what we did and we were praying like, okay, God, like, you know, let's, we, if we can bid on all, all the projects for the year, you know, we were trying to pray these big prayers and they came back to us and they, they said, uh, we'd love for you to bid on all. At that time they had six projects that they knew about. And so we bid on that, we got it. And those six actually turned into, I think we did 68 videos for this, oh uh, for this company in the first year, you know? And so that launched us into doing video. And I remember literally being in, in meetings where they're, you know, it's the chief marketing officer and their whole marketing team. And they're like, we're going to launch a, a product line with Target, you know? And so this is what we're thinking, but you guys are the professionals. What do you guys think? And, you know, I'm giggling to myself and praying like, God, please give me like some inspiration or an idea. And I, we would get ideas. It was totally God. And, um, and it allowed us to build this company and build a team uh, that we ultimately went on to do a lot of work kind of in the commercial space, which wasn't expected. But now we're seeing 
on the film side of things that really established us um, in the experience knowing how to launch products and launch campaigns and things like that. That's amazing. So like it just it just transitioned right out the gate mm-hmm. from music and production to video and TV production and and commercials. Mm-hmm. I mean that's I I feel like you you kind of had a dream scenario cuz most people like they they kind of piddle around for 5 years trying to even get any contracts when they start. Yeah. And I love I love your story. I love how God was like he is in this and and it's really because there's a purpose behind it. It's not just to make movies or just to make money, but it's actually, there's just like the band, there's a purpose behind it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about kind of transition forward a little bit. You guys start to feel like you're supposed to move to California. Well, you get married. Let's talk about that. Got you married. married yeah. in the California kind of transition. Yeah. So I'll share this story because it's kind of funny. So I, I met Caitlin's my wife and uh, we met like 12 years ago and she was, she was actually running a youth center that had bands come in and I was looking for bands to produce. So we met literally on MySpace, which I should be ashamed of, but we met on MySpace. <laughs> I love uh, it. And I was like, oh, this is Before you. Harmony, there was MySpace. Exactly, yeah. Um, and so we were just friends for a long time. She wasn't even born again then, but we were friends. And she ended up getting born again on my business partner's front lawn and oh my gosh. started working with us. And I, I always showed an interest, but it was kind of like, okay, let's just let things mature and we'll just see where God goes with it all. And anyway, fast forward, I think six or seven years, we started dating and knew that we were going to get married, got married. And, um, and her story is, you know, she came from nonprofit world. So it was not like the idea of being in entertainment. She was like, not interested. We'd come out to California. Our company had rented a house at that time in North Hollywood. And we'd visit maybe once a month. And I, I always knew that God was calling us out here. And, and I, I remember walking in Venice and, um, and thinking like, okay, this is the promised land. Here we are. And she was like, I hate it. I don't like the people. And, and ultimately she was just scared of like, what does it mean to actually live here? And, and, you know, fast forward, there was a, it's just so funny, but this lady uh, that kind of came and went from our church. I don't know that she was a member of the church, but back in Milwaukee, Chicago area, um, came up to me one Sunday and she said, every time I see you guys on Facebook, I just see California over you. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like maybe whatever. And then she's like, I feel like I have a word from God from you. And uh, I'm like, okay. And she said, uh, and this is just funny that I'm on the podcast now, but she said, have you heard of Sean Bowles? And at that time, um, what she didn't know was that, you know, we were going to be doing the, the film project God Man with Darren Wilson. And we were going to be oh, going out oh, to, to Argentina with you um, and filming that. And so obviously that kind of fell through and didn't happen. But um, but there were some loose ties, you know, to you and your ministry and to the church out here. And and she's like, I believe you're going to move to L.A. Um, you're going to go to Expression 58 and you're going to meet people that are going to support and surround you and what God's called you to do in life. And at that point, the Holy Spirit just wrecked me. I'm weeping and. And I just knew, I'm like, this is so God, like, this is just happening. And fast forward six months later, we visited. And that was the trip that, um, that ultimately, like, Caitlin, my wife was like, okay, we're like, God's, God's in this, he's doing, there were so many just confirmations and other words that came and we visited the church and we were like, this feels like home, you know, so, and somebody actually came up to us at the end of the church service and um, he was like, his name's Tony Webb. And he's like, you know, you're going to move here. And we're like, okay, we'll see. And he's like, you're going to move by May. And we're like, okay. And uh, sure enough, we May 1st, we moved here. So it's, oh my been, God. it's been amazing. We need Tony on our prophetic team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's amazing. That's no, awesome. I, I think it's awesome because, I, you know, like, obviously, I think, did we meet that first trip or did we, we meet? Did, yeah, we met the trip that um, I call it the transition trip where, where Caitlin was convinced, okay, now God's in this, you know, so. Oh, it's, yeah, I just remember meeting, I know my wife was supposed to meet with us and she couldn't come at the last minute. 
and went to that little coffee shop, Copa Vida. And I just remembered just thinking like I could feel in God the potential of, that was on and what you had to offer. And what I love, and I, I just want people to hear this in the sense of like when you're going into a new land, a new vision is that you guys came, you really came to reinforce and you really came to give back. Like you came with such a giver heart to our community, to everybody, you know, to the, the city, to all kinds of other industry people. Mm-hmm. And it was really unique because I feel like most people come to get something out of yeah. LA or get something out of churches or whatever. And you guys came just like with open arms. And I was so surprised because I remember that first meeting where I actually all of a sudden you appeared in front of me because I was so busy in those times. I, I wasn't even leading. I'm not leading the church directly. I'm just, you know, helping mm-hmm. to oversee and so all of a sudden I'm in a meeting where we're talking about launching the music label and you guys are in the meeting mm-hmm. and it's just four of, or six of us or whatever that are in the meeting. Maybe it was eight of us. I can't remember. But, um, and I'm like looking at you guys going, this is awesome. I remember when we met and we've kind of touched base here and there, but you're in this meeting where you're just giving, like you had nothing to gain in that meeting, only something to give. And I just feel like you guys kept doing that. And it's so funny because I kept, you know, we've popped up and in the same place, the same movie premieres, whatever. And I'm like, Ben and Caitlin consistently and then you know watching you with friends and building pitch decks and building media sizzle reels th- things like that like in a real way like being hired by our friends and mm-hmm. then that my ass which is amazing but um it's it's wild to watch i just i don't know there's just something about your guys's hearts and i just it's funny that i'm saying this on a podcast trying to give you words of affirmation or encouragement no thank you. your hearts that it's so um i just wish it could be replicated over and over and over because you guys come with such a genuine love for people and such a strong support for people. And it doesn't feel like you're in it for yourself, but you do have an agenda. You do have something you're building, but that's so refreshing. I think to everybody around you, I think I watch you guys, you know, get favorite Lionsgate and with all the different production companies we're friends with and ones we're not friends with. And, and it just feels like everyone who talks about you guys is like, Oh, Ben and Caitlin, not like, Oh, sky falls media. I'm really excited about their projects. They're like, right. Ben and Caitlin, I just love them. Like I feel so safe with them. Mm-hmm. And so I just say that to the podcast listeners because there's something replicatable about that where we could become those people that are endearing mm-hmm. to the world around us because of our our heart and our ethic and our value for people our value for love yeah and i love how god sent you out here on a mission but really your mission has been people yeah. and everything you've done to serve has been it, felt, it feels like secondary but very important you know thanks as far as an observer that's encouraging no and i i think that um you know we when we first moved to la you realize very quickly when you meet people that everybody's kind of hustling and trying to trying to get something and trying to like, Oh, you haven't I've never noticed that. I'm just yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh, you know, somebody at Netflix. And, um, and so there's this kind of like weird feeling where, you know, we came from the Midwest where it's like, you're part of like a small group at church on Wednesday night. And like, you know, your, your run of the mill person that you meet is like a plumber or a barista or something like that, which is nothing wrong with that. But you know, it's like, whereas <laughs> out here, it's like, well, I'm a producer and I do TV and you're like, wow. Okay. And so there's this sense of like, you need to strive to get somewhere. And I remember I came back from a men's meeting at one point and I was like, and everyone's kind of pitching and it just felt kind of icky. And I remember telling Caitlin, I'm like, let's not be those people. Let's, let's like shift the narrative to be like, how can we serve you? Like, what are you excited about? What's God called you to do? And let's come alongside and build steps in front of you. And honestly, like, it's been the most one satisfying thing to see other people come into what they are called to do. But then also it's opened up so many more doors, I think, than we would have if we were trying to produce something on our own. You know, I think so if there's any strategy, I mean, I tell this to creatives all the time. I'm like, just give away like your gifting is not for you. And I think yeah. a lot of people think like, oh, I'm, I'm this gifted person so that I can become something. It's like, you're this gifted person so that other people can encounter God through what you're creating. And as soon as you realize it's about other people, 
and building relationship as opposed to business first, um, I think that you'll start to see favor in a different kind of way. Well, I, I agree. And I think like we're onto something that I just, you know, from my own life experience where God, when I was 19 and 20, I moved to a big ministry camp in Kansas City and everybody needed so much and they were all trying to use the same resources. Mm. And so I was like, you know what? I think I just want to help people. And so I came in, you know, like just serving and I just, I served and within two years, I'm like teaching at the Bible school and traveling on the road with the pastors and like all kinds of stuff that would have been what I wanted a direct line for. But I just was like, you know, that's what I wanted. I wanted to do ministry if I was going to be there, I wanted to succeed. Right. But at the same time, I, I've just felt like I, there's 50 people vying for every position there is here. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to, there are not 200, you know, I'm just going to serve my guts out. I just really love people. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's something that's, when Jesus says learn to be the servant of all, there's something that's mm-hmm. overshadowed sometimes in our ambition where we think, you know, I think I learned through serving people. Sorry, I keep interrupting myself, but I think I learned through serving people how to serve God. Mm-hmm. Like I, I learned from just being sacrificial and going, oh, I want to use this energy on my own projects, but my own projects aren't alive yet. So I'm just going to give this to them as if it was my own project. Mm-hmm. And I learned how to be present with projects, learn how to be present. It's that thing of like, if you don't have a map and you don't know where you're going, drive with somebody who does. Mm, that's good. And you'll learn from them, you know, how they read their map. And I just feel like that's what I did for a long time. And so before I was ever, you know, had my own platform on my, my even when I did have my own platform, because I still do it now, I was always trying to figure out like, how do I lend my world to helping other people grow and become, you know, and reinforce them. So I think that's why I was so blessed by seeing you guys having that, because I feel like that's one of my heart values. I'm not saying I'm an expert or I do it awesomely all the time, but I do know it's one of my values. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think it's a, an important place to land in the, the sense of that part of the podcast, but we still have more time. So we have more stories, which is good. I wanted to talk to you kind of in the context of like, you know, you move out here, you guys start working on some stuff, you're getting redefined. And even with COVID, obviously, like all of us have had to pivot. Tell me about like what God's shown you for your career now, what he's shown you for the entertainment industry, kind of how you guys are just placing yourselves and what you're working on. Yeah. Well, again, I mean, we have, you know, there's a lot of big words, I think, to us as a couple and to the company. And, um, and those are things that I think I've learned. I've learned to hold on to those and like closely and allow God to unfold those things as opposed to strive after making them happen. I think that's something that um, has been, I have to stop myself often because I'm, I'm definitely a doer and both Caitlin and I are entrepreneurial. So, <laughs> you know, we'll come alongside anybody and like, oh, you want to start a plastic cup business? Let's go do it, you know, and get down the road and be like, what am I doing? You know, so um, I've had to slap my hand many times and I think God's had to slap my hand many times That's to just crazy. like allow, allow the words that have been spoken over us to unfold in their own timing. And so we have big vision. We, you know, we plan to launch more film and TV and to build a bigger team and all those things. And, and so we're allowing God to unfold that, like in his timing. And, you know, our posture is still like, let's just look at what other people are doing. Cause I think there's a, there's a shift happening in entertainment that there's a lot more believers that are coming into the industry and yeah. feeling like, I don't know, I'm supposed to be here. I, you know, from all different backgrounds, some in, you know, the arts and others in finance and all, and all of it's needed, you know? And I think that, we feel like we're meant to maybe kind of rally people and, and rally creatives and build some type of um, context for them to outwork what they feel called to do, you know? And so, um, yeah, so we have, again, big vision, but we'll just let God unfold that. One story I'll tell that's kind of interesting too is 
you know, probably about, we spent a year working for this company called Kingdom Story Company. And it was the Irwin brothers. They did the film, I can only imagine. And because yeah. of the success of that, you know, leverage to basically launch a whole film and TV studio with Lionsgate. And so we came on board very early on. It was actually right when we moved to LA a couple months later and totally total God story of how that even happened. But um, found ourselves kind of building the brand, launching the brand. We produced this big launch event for King and Country played and Phil Wickham and the chairman of Lionsgate was there and we announced this slate of films. And, um, you know, we did that for a year and then ultimately found, realized that like, while that we, this was another kind of stepping stone scenario where like we helped them build something and then God still has put this thing in our hearts. And so made a shift about probably eight months ago, actually, um, to back to building Sky's Fall. And, and, you know, a friend of mine said, he's like, all right, now you're going to, are you going to go raise money now that you've, you know, I've got all the experience and you've seen how they do films and all this stuff. And I was like, you know what, like if, and when it's right, like God's going to bring us investment. Um, and I said, it's not going to be something that we have to chase after. Cause I just had zero interest in the whole striving and, and all of that and raising money. And, and, you know, I remember saying it thinking like, yeah, but when does that really, like, when does somebody approach you in LA saying like, I want to invest in you. And, Sure enough, a couple months later, based out of relationship, um, we had this this investor that approached us and was poking and prodding, and we were very much deflecting. and And he called me the next day after this dinner, and he's like, "Look, we we love you guys, we love your vision, we love your hearts, and so what's your vision? Because we want to finance that, and we're you know we're very so cool. and we're connected to a lot of people that are so like so tell us your vision." and And I just remember thinking like, "This is so God," and I so want this to be the story that like anything big that we're a part of doesn't happen. I think Lance Wallnow said this and it really stuck with me, but he said the biggest things that God does in our lives happen without manipulation. Um, And that's so like, let that be the story that when we look back, we say like only God could have done that. Only God could have brought investment in a town where everybody's scrounging for that, for their projects, you know? So we're excited to see that unfold and, you know, the future that's ahead. I love that so much. I think, um, you know, for people who are out there, I mean, it's not wrong to obviously pursue investment or, totally. or network or those kinds of things, but I think it's so good to have, like, have you, have you waited on God to see what he can do for you first? That's and right. I've, I've never known LinkedIn could be like a real tool. Like I never knew, like, you know, you can go totally. through, and you're one or two people away from everybody. And I had a friend of mine who he was going through a lot and he's very successful. He's a great guy. And I don't think he would mind me even talking about it in this context, though I'll make it obscure enough to where you wouldn't know who he was or no one would who's listening. But he was telling me how he uses LinkedIn and how it's been like how he's got most of his business for years. Mm-hmm. He's been trying to grow it and how he just cold calls people on LinkedIn all the time. And it's how he's got his contracts. And, and he was saying, I'm, I'm really stuck. I'm hitting a wall. And I said, have you ever asked God to do all your networking for you for a season? Not that you don't mm-hmm. hustle, you don't work. I was like, what do you mean? And I said, just ask God to like bring people. That's what his favorite does. Like to bring people to you or to bring you in front of people that would be more significant than what you could do in your own strength or your own talent or whatever. And he had never thought of that before. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so he's like, I'm going to do that. And I just, it was kind of a thing I just kind of said, you know, I believe it, but I was, and I've done that, but I just wasn't like, I wasn't trying to do a level 10. Like I'm trying to speak in your life. I was <laughs> right. just asking him a question. Yeah. Exactly. So he comes back to me like two, two weeks later, three weeks later, I was like, Sean, I've, I don't know if I'll ever open LinkedIn again, like the opportunities you get when you're partnering to God. And again, LinkedIn is a wonderful tool should be used, but he's like the opportunities you get, not based on your own network and what you could build, but based on what God wants to build. He's like, I, why would I blind to this? Like I'm leaning on my own strength and it's causing me not to get the God result. Hmm. So I think, you know, I love hearing your story. I love our listeners hearing your story because I love how interwoven in your narrative is 
relationship and connection and intimacy with God mm-hmm. that's caused you to hear him, to make changes, to move forward, excuse me, to take on his character and virtue. And that's ultimately what this is all about. Mm-hmm. Well, how can people view what you're working on? Is it through your uh, Skies Fall website? And, and how do they do that? Yeah, so our website is Skies Fall. And no, we did not name the company after uh, the James Bond film. We, we, <laughs> we existed before that. But it has really helped because people are like, oh, yeah, I've heard of your company. And I'm like, there's no way you haven't heard of it. So, um, but yeah, if you go to our, our website, skiesfall.com, um, you can see some of what we're working on. And honestly, we're, we're looking to kind of relaunch in the next couple of months. And, and we, you know, with projects, you're kind of private about those things until they, they get picked up or whatever. Yeah. But, um, but we'll be a bit more active on even on social media and some of those things. So you can follow me, follow our, our website. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be posting a lot in the next few months. Well, thanks for sharing all that you've shared. It's just been such a great interview. Absolutely. And for those of you who are listening, please visit Skies Fall and see what they're working on. And also come visit us on the web, bullsministries.com. And if you want to be mentored in the prophetic, our brand new mentoring program is active and you can get it for $1 for the first month. So visit bullsministries.com and you guys will get that. Thank you so much. We have some exciting news. We have a new online platform called Bulls Ministries Online Platform. It includes all of our content, for one low price. This is all of our e-courses, which is Keyzone's Economy, Prophetic 101, Modern Prophets, Living a Thriving Marriage, God's Secrets. But here's where it gets really interactive. We have a Translating God mentoring platform with new content every week. So weekly teaching videos and group and individual mentoring videos and guest contributors from around the world, weekly prophetic testimonies, weekly Q&A. You're gonna love this. This is an interactive platform that invites you to exclusive content from me and guests. There's also an opportunity for you to submit your dreams to interpret. You guys are gonna love this. And this is all one low price of $14 a month. And I want you are exploring the prophetic family to join, come be a part of this. It's gonna change your life. And I know we're gonna enjoy having you. So come visit bullsministries.com. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bowles. I want to encourage you to stay involved with us. Continue the conversation online by going to our Facebook page. Sean Bowles is our Facebook public address. Also, you can visit us at www.bullsministries.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe to it. It's Exploring the Prophetic with Sean Bowles.